0: Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer, I'm
1: looking to sell everybody price dependent,
0: Dan LaMagna, too much dysfunction in Cleveland, and Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Hello,
1: everybody. We are here with a midday special, or as some might call it, an afternoon delight. I, I don't know.
0: What's going on, Dan. Hey, great to be here at a different time. I'm fresh. you know. I, I missed you and Mitch, although Mitch is, is bailing today to do some truck shopping, I believe. Uh, I went from vacation in Myrtle Beach to staycation, so ready to rock this during the day, JB.
1: Yeah, and I think for once we are going to stick to a 30-minute episode. I really think. I mean, Mitch isn't on today he's the one that really rambles it's neither of us
0: see we we could definitely blame this on Mitch now I'm, ta- I'm taking the heat off you JB and uh saying it's Mitch's fault if we go uh you know any other shows uh, over a half an hour
1: I appreciate it and then I don't know if you've had a chance but Mitch and I we spit it out on YouTube earlier this morning the AFC West 2021 projections and tomorrow we're going over to the NFC East right up in your wheelhouse Dan And we're going to be doing that, I think, four total this week, a couple next week. But we're looking to get all those out before training camp kicks off. But today, and I said, Dan, I never do this, but I'm going to let you on today's episode because I'm feeling generous. And this, you know, you're coming back from vacation. We missed you. But I want to talk about best ball. And what I want to talk about best ball in regards to Dynasty is how can we leverage it? How can we use what's going on in the current best ball landscape, whether it's ADP, you know, what you're looking at your drafts, the, the shares that you might have, how can you use that to your advantage? If at all, maybe this is a quick segment and you say, JB, we there's nothing we can do
0: with it. I, I think it's all connected. I, I think the stars align in fantasy football for no matter what format you play for us. And I think Mitch was asking us recently, you know, Hey, what, what are we doing during this month here of the, of the off season? You know, obviously you and Mitch are grinding with your projections and, and that's helping you do a deep dive into, I'm, I'm sure, cross-referencing with your rankings and, and getting ready for some more startup drafts and so forth for myself. You know, I'm, I'm going to let the smart people like you and Mitch do the projections and I'm just going to read them and, and, and compare and contrast, take some notes along the way. Uh, I love best ball and we often see, Or hear a lot of our listeners ask us about, hey, John, Mitch, Dan, you know, I'm new to Dynasty. You know, what's some advice? And we always talk about learning ADP and seeing where guys are drafted. Now, I know best ball is not Dynasty. So I'm going to utilize my rankings. For me, this is great practice, JB, and seeing if I'm a little too high or low with some of my guys, not just in Dynasty startups, but just overall rankings, where they're going in best ball. Best ball is very current. It's like the weather, you know, when those Twitter blasts come out and a trade happens like the Julio trade, you know, early in the season, you know, you might've been taking Des Fitzpatrick or Josh Reynolds. Julio goes to Tennessee. Those guys are almost dead now in best ball. Uh, So it helps me really with my rankings just to see where I'm at, to see where other people, and and there's some sharks on best ball. I'm in the $25 best ball mania. I've done 17 drafts since it's become legal in uh, PA here. I've done a little bit of draft kings as, as well, probably a handful of drafts there. And it's it's definitely helping me uh, see where my projections are. And next year, w- when, when these best ball teams are done, uh, we'll see how my rankings really are, JB, if I'm cashing in some money.
1: And that's kind of what brought this up, what it put it on my radar, because you were talking about it in our chat. You said, I'm back from vacation, Mitch and JB. I'm, I'm now doing a staycation for a few days. I'm doing best ball drafts to really fill my time. And the way that I, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I, I did this last off season and I thought it was extremely helpful, whether it's just typical redraft leagues like the FFPC, those bigger tournament type leagues, or just best ball. And those that aren't familiar with best ball, you draft a team, you never set a lineup. The computer basically picks the optimal lineup each week based on the outcome. So there's a lot of different strategies involved. But one thing that I've done, and I, I might do it again this offseason, look at redraft ADP, look at best ball ADP, compare it to dynasty ADP, and who are the biggest differences there? Where where do we see them? And most likely, you you know very well, Dan, you're going to see it with players like you mentioned, Julio Jones. You have a player, aging veteran, that we still believe is going to be a contributor here in 2021. But from a Dynasty perspective, they're certainly going to slip a little bit. And then the other way, you get a Travis Etienne. He's probably going a heck of a lot lower in best ball drafts, which is from a redraft perspective, than Dynasty. But whenever you get a certain player that is young, And this happens every once in a while. And I'm trying to think. I I know there were a few that stood out. I think I had a tweet on it. And I'm going to have to go back and look. But you have a younger, youngish player. And their best ball ADP is higher than their dynasty ADP. That is a market inefficiency. And we talk about market inefficiencies all the time on the show. Whether it is a player like. Brandon Ayuk, who went in the first round of NFL draft of the NFL draft, and then in Superflex rookie drafts, nobody wanted him. He was going in the second round. You might say, JB, that's Kadarius Tony this year. I don't want to hear it, Dan. But I'm <laughs> gonna be I'm gonna be nice though, because you're on vacation. But I, I think there are ways to to leverage best ball ADP and redraft ADP. And that is going to be a project I look at here early on and uh tj in the chat this is a perfect example dan and i've seen it for redraft and best ball jalen hurts his adp people expect big things dynasty there is that concern and that's that's a perfect example and a player that we've brought up countless times here on dynasty theory but i you know I, i wish i could remember the players that stood out but when you can identify those Those are the players that really intrigue me from a dynasty perspective, because we expect them to do well this year, but they're young. So why are they lower in dynasty? It doesn't make sense. Now you've done 16, 17 best ball drafts. Who are the players that you have the most shares of? Just rattle through them and I'll, I'll spit some follow up questions.
0: You got it. You got it. You, you hit on so many good points there, JB. And the one I will touch on is I'm happy you mentioned the R word, redraft. And I know we don't talk that often in our dynasty world, but it is best ball does bring me back to earth there because we get so engrossed with dynasty with our startups that, yep. that, that I just lose it. And I think a lot of our listeners often have that one home league. You know, you're there with your best buddies at home. So this brings me back to redraft a little bit. Um, And then I think as you touch on those rookies, they do slide. You could get guys now in best ball that I normally couldn't get. If I want them, I know I could get them. It's just a matter of, again, following the ADP and knowing where to reach. And I will start with the one Dynasty guy that I know you're going to bust my chops on, and you said his name already, is Kadarius Tony. Uh, But the good thing here is it's not like Dynasty for me. I mean, you know, I took him in a lot of our startups and our leagues, John, but I took him where I thought the more, you know, second round draft pick mid yep. late second round where he belonged. Here, like I'm getting them t- towards the back ends of the drafts. So I'm watching everybody take even your boy Amon St. Brown. Like, there's a lot of Kadarius Tony hate in the best ball world. So I'm getting him at such a value that I have 76% of my rosters have him. That's $325 uh, worth of league fees. Only four rosters don't have Tony because he just keeps falling to me. And then this best ball format it's good to have a quantity a higher amount of wide receivers building your roster so i have a lot of tony uh, and
1: for, for the record i don't have an issue with that and even in the ffpc leagues and i i plugged this earlier on today's uh afc west breakdown and projection episode mitch and i are partnering with the guys at nfl rough draft mike and ray and we're doing some of those ffpc leagues as co-managers and let me tell you having four co-managers on one team, it it can be challenging. But the fact that we come to a general consensus on every pick is a miracle of itself. But uh, Mike over there, he's a big Kadarius Tony guy. And at the point that you have to take him, fine. I'm not going to put up a fight because he is dirt cheap. And let's say, and there's a lot of what-ifs here. But let's say Daniel Jones really picks it up and he improves, and we start to see a more efficient offense. And, you know, Evan Ingram continues to drop every pass thrown his way. I love Evan Ingram. So hopefully it doesn't happen. Sterling Shepard gets injured again. Uh, Darius Slayton, well, he, he's a, you know, Darius Slayton. We know what he is. Kadarius Tony he could pop off there at the end of the year and be a guy that could potentially do some damage. So I get it from that
0: regard. All right. Who else do you what, have? What's good is that you do enough of these best ball drafts, you kind of have an idea again, depending on the month, you know, what's going on in the news, where those guys are going to go. Right. So th- that's why I like drafting volume. I know when I could get Tony and, and I wait till that time comes Two other guys, JB, that I have, is equal amount of shares, seventy six percent of my rosters, and these two I might just be a little bit more aggressive on. And these are ba- actually backup players again that uh, definitely would be potentially starters in Dynasty. But my second one's Tua Tonga I always struggle with that last name, but uh, Tua man, I just I, I might be a little bit more aggressive to get him as my QB two. And in Best Ball, you, you really only you really fade that second quarterback, and th- and that's the, one of the biggest differences from Dynasty where. You know, most of the drafts we're in are super flex where we yep. want to make sure we have two solid, young, awesome quarterbacks here. You can wait for your starting quarterback to the fifth, sixth round, potentially. You know, someone will always take Mahomes in the third and then slowly but surely Josh Allen or Dak go, you know, Lamar and Kyler. And best of all, you want to get stacks if you can. So I do normally try to get a top notch quarterback early and stack. So I have a few Josh Allen shares, a few, you know, Dax. But not a high volume like I do in Dynasty because mm-hmm. I can't trade. They're going before me. I don't control when I pick. So I've been really trying to get to it because I'm just high on the Miami offense. I'm high on Tua and he's sliding after a lot of guys that he would go higher in Dynasty because he's so young and Miami, you know, has invested a lot in him. But I let all those top notch quarterbacks go off the board. Burrow will go. Stafford will go. Lawrence will go. Aaron Rodgers will go. Brady will go. Um, and then normally, like, someone will someone will ride on a Trey Lance. You, you know, he's got a very – everyone likes San Francisco schedule late in the year, and they believe in Rand, Lance. Your boy Matty Ice will go. And then it becomes, like, Tua range. And, and um, I just love him in that range. I don't want to get stuck with anyone else. And I think Tua has potential. And this is – this may – I could be totally wrong, JB, but if I'm going to gamble somewhere, I think Tua could be a top-12 quarterback. I really think Miami is going to open up that offense this year – Like what they did in the offseason, not investing in a running back, putting the weapons around him with Waddle and Fuller, you know, saying they want to air the ball out more. I think they're kind of copying Kansas City to a degree. So he's my number two guy.
1: You are not completely crazy. And if you are, Mitch and I are as well, because when we went through our projections, we also have two in 2021 as one of those players that is going to probably exceed many people's expectations and be a top 12 quarterback. You mentioned stacks, and that's something that you bring over to the dynasty world. Mitch has done it to an extent, whereas I don't necessarily care about stacking wide receivers and quarterbacks. Not that I avoid it. I'm not saying that. But because of how quickly the landscape changes, I don't actively go out and do that. I remember I had a conversation two years ago with somebody talking about acquiring DeAndre Hopkins. They said, well, I have Deshaun Watson. So for me, my price tag is a little bit higher, but how quickly the landscape changes. So that's why I don't actively look to do it, but there is data available. Studies have been done. There is correlation and uh, you know a slightly higher win rate when you can stack those those higher upside and higher value players.
0: Uh, now, really quick, who's the last guy that you had? You had one the more name. Third guy on the list was from the tight end position, and that's just my boy Janu Smith. Yeah. I love Janu. I love his landing spot, and I I just can't get over how far he's falling. Like so, like he's not even in the top. He's probably pushing. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, about often 17, 18 tight ends go before right. Jonu Smith. That and to me, you. it's just like, give me, give me all the John who I could get. He falls in that to a class where I think he's going to get the volume. He's in an offense that utilizes the tight end. And I, I know you hear those Hunter Henry conversations, but I really think John Who's going to be the guy. And I think there's enough to go around and I, I, I think he can land top 12, top 12, JB. Wrong again. We were Uh-oh. doing so
1: well. We were doing so well. No. So uh, Johnny Smith, that, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on him, but before we get into the quarterback troubles here, there are a few questions that trickled in that we wanted to answer and touch on today's show. Are there any players that you can think of? And I'm putting you on the spot. This is one of those rare episodes that you don't have those JB show notes hitting you right in the face because we kind of put this episode together rather quickly to get it out early today but are there any players as i mentioned earlier youngish guys that are lower in dynasty but for some reason their best ball adp seems to be a little bit higher is there anybody that you can think of and as a follow-up if you if you can't Mm -hmm. think of anybody that's fine i might dig into this a little bit
0: I think it's fair to say that even though it's not a dynasty format, I'm still seeing Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith still go relatively high. Like they're going, they're not sliding. I'm not getting any discounts on those guys. I think after the big three go at tight end, it's it's almost Pitts time. You know, and it'll vary from best ball draft to draft, but Pitts is going up there. People still want that advantage at tight end. And again, those receivers, Jamar Chase is going right up there with the, the big boys, with the CD Lambs and the Keenan Allens and Coopers yeah, and Ridley's. Not so best ball. I'm not doing that. Chase is still getting snabbed very often. I think I have 17 drafts, one share of Chase.
1: Yeah, that that's probably where I would fall in line too. I think he's going to be a fantastic receiver. We've talked about him from a dynasty perspective. But if you're looking strictly at 2021, I don't know if I, I could not be taking him. Over a player like Keenan Allen, like you mentioned, so so there are no like, like I'm just going to throw this example out there, in best ball, and this is not true. I'm just saying it. In best ball, Tyler Boyd is going higher than he is in Dynasty. Um, is any play any situation like that? Again, okay, they're going to have a good 2021, but why are they lower in Dynasty? It doesn't make sense. Any any player,
0: I'm really putting you on the spot. And you, why you, are they? Going you, high, higher here and lower in Dynasty. Right. But a younger player. Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon's getting snagged up there. Like him and Mostert's going at the same time. It doesn't matter, redraft or dynasty. People yeah. just want this the starting running back there. Right. Um, Najee's going really high with the, the Antonio Gibson's and the Mixons and the Ecklers. Still uh, you look, the, yeah. zero discount there. ETN's sliding a bit. Yeah, you, you know, there's value to get on ETN if you're a believer. Yeah,
1: I'll look, I'll, I'll look into it. Just, I, again, I completely threw you on the spot, and I can see, I can see the wheels turning. You're scrambling over there, like find somebody, find somebody. <laughs> um, but let me do a little digging and and see what I can find. But I think there, again, I, I knock it and I say this is dynasty theory, Dan. It's not best ball theory, but there are ways to use that to your advantage because the community seems to be high on somebody for this year. Well it should have a little bit of correlation depending on their age, of course, to dynasty. So that's something that I'll look into a question we got. And we're jumping all over the map here from leveraging best ball ADP to quarterback troubles. Mitch brought up on previous episodes, and this is what this, this person from our discord mentioned that Mitch likes to attack the uh, quarterback position early and get those two studs in a startup draft Or look to acquire them in an existing league, but what if you are you're you're in a pickle? You messed it up, you screwed the pooch, you your team, you and and you have a team. I, I know that I knock on you for this, but you mentioned it a lot. You had a team with Cam Newton and Andy Dalton, and now that team could be in trouble. What can you do now to correct the situation? It's like go out there and pay up for one of the big dogs. Find value, find those aging veterans. What route might you go in a situation like that?
0: It's aggressive trading season time, and I think Mitch was even worried about that in our, in our conversation with him, where we looked at you know some teams that aren't active trading right now. So you got to really work your league and, and and send out some additional offers. Um, I did have some rosters that have, yeah, I, I still do have good shares of Cam Newton and Andy Dalton, and I don't feel good about it. But I've spent this offseason trying to target those guys that can be realistic targets. Now, to Mitch's point, and Mitch and I are on the same plane, we love to have two young elite stud quarterbacks anchoring a super flex roster. Uh, most of my rosters definitely at least have one. I'd say probably 90% are anchored with a stud stud lineup. There may be one or two that, you know, to your point, JB, you're in a little bit of a pickle. Maybe I have Jalen Hurts and Derek, Derek Carr in, in one of my lineups. I'm 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 holding my breath to the season. If I can't get an elite quarterback, because I have Jalen Hurts and David Carr, so what I try to do again, depending what your Derek, Arizona, you
1: got you got it for you, I had it, and
0: then I shit I, I caught myself. You're right, you're right. It wouldn't be a typical Dynasty Theory episode if we didn't throw a David Carr in with Derek. So I had it. I seriously di- don't know if there is anybody else in this world that
1: one talks about David Carr at all, but two. Brings him up on a weekly
0: basis. Hey, he's on the NFL Network, so you see the guy uh, very often if you watch the NFL Network, especially during the season. So his his my his his name's still there in my head. Okay, but if I have that Car and Hurts lineup, if I have draft capital, I like to trade it. If there's a team that wants that number one quarterback, hey, I'll package Hurts and or Car and a one to get an elite. If I could trade a one and a if I'm deep at wide receiver, which that's like some of my. Re- Lineups are really deep at wide receivers, so wherever your strength is, if you have a piece you could trade and maybe package with a draft pick, I like to do that. But it doesn't mean it's easy to do, it's very hard to get the Herberts and the Murrays. So I do target John those Tua's. And I sent I don't know how many Tua trades out this offseason, and I, I probably had a you know 30 70 split there. I got a couple more shares of Tua that fixed a couple lineups. I'm encouraged, I'm confident, I have conviction, I'm believing in them. Um, and then there's some other guys you go after the Darnolds, the Wentzes, you know, where do you get some security at the quarterback position for a couple of years to make your roster stronger?
1: And I think that's the key there. You mentioned the players, even a two at this point, who I have certainly come around on and we talked about him already. But if you're looking at a player like a two, a burrow, a fields, a Lance, uh, even a Zach Wilson, those are going to be difficult players to acquire at this point in time, right? It's the off season; they're the younger pieces. There is hype around them, but players that I have found. So, if you did mess up that quarterback situation, and especially right now, the players that I believe, with their situations, and we can look at this on the the larger scale. But Aaron Rodgers, because there are question marks, and If you believe he is going to be in Green Bay, if you believe he's still going to be okay from a dynasty perspective over the next three years, now is most likely the time that you can target him and get at least somewhat of a discount. Now, if he ends up holding out, if he retires, whatever the case may be, then eh. It's going to be a little bit different at that point in time. Deshaun Watson, with all the uncertainty, if you're not contending, maybe you do go out and acquire a player like Deshaun Watson if that manager is concerned. I don't think, I know I wouldn't be shocked to see Deshaun Watson not play in 2021. So if I'm not contending, if I have two quarterbacks that can get me by for 2021, that's a player I'm looking to acquire. So, you know, not to put a name specifically on it, but players that have question, question marks at this point in time the veterans that don't have that that uh you know glamour and appeal that these younger quarterbacks have maybe it's a Kirk Cousins you know maybe it's a quarterback that you believe will have a starting job over the next 2 years still somebody that can carry your team and help you stay afloat and then once the season progresses i think a good strategy to have is a player it goes down due to injury and you saw it last year with Dak you saw it last year with Burrow both recouping almost if not all of their dynasty value right so you were able to acquire them mid-season at a discount but it's looking at those opportunities okay a contender had Dak I can get him at a discount and I can better my situation so not necessarily a move that you can make today but as the season progresses because if yeah, let, this is a situation where you are not contending and that's kind of what I'm thinking about there and another spin that I want to put on this that this person brought up was if you took over an orphan how do you how do you deal with that so what I just took over an orphan recently and then you can jump in here after I I this But most likely, if you're taking over an orphan, that orphan, it's probably not an immediate contender. So I'm not afraid to ride it out for the first season in terms of my quarterback. So not looking to improve that quarterback position right away. But you could look at those pieces. I mentioned injuries, question marks, getting a discount or looking to acquire that future draft capital and just attack the position, the draft last year, er, last year. That'd be something if you go back and get them now from last year. But next year, because look at the last few drafts, Josh Allen slipping, Justin Herbert slipping, uh, even Tua at times this year. How's it going to play out? We'll see. Mac Jones slipping. So not necessarily feeling the need, if you took over an orphan, to go out and better that situation immediately if you're not a contender. What are your thoughts on that, Dan?
0: Yeah, very often when you're an owner, it kind of opens up the puzzle for the league. You know, that that other team was inactive that you took over. There's some teams that want some guys on your roster. So you might get some early trade activity that could be helpful for your roster. To your point, don't rush it. You know, hey, if you can get some draft capital and, and build through the draft the following year, that's great. Um, but otherwise, it's get those guys when their stock's slow. You know, we mentioned tour right now, he's in this conversation now because his stock is not what it was a year ago. I couldn't get him a year ago. I don't don't know for for what I'm getting now. He's creeping creeping. now, it's it's, it's starting to build back up again, without a doubt. Um, but I look at those contract situations, and you know, we like three quarterbacks and super flex. So if I want to try to build that orphan or that non competitive team to be competitive a little bit sooner than later, maybe that going the opposite NJB instead of being patient and building through the draft as much. And again, you can build it either way, you know, looking at a guy like a Baker Mayfield, who's younger, but they're about to give him a contract extension at some point. So you can probably get a Baker for a few years. Kirk Cousins, not a guy I'm normally excited about, but I think his contract is going to give you at least two good seasons and he's on a very good team. So, you know, if you want to contend, Cousins could help you for two years. So it's finding those guys that you could get where their stock's not through the roof right now and uh, building them onto your roster. One last thing that I want
1: to talk about there with the orphan point of view. If you take over a team that you need to hit some home runs, I am actually willing to go. So, Because realistically, if you you pay up and land uh, a Tua, like you mentioned, you're probably still not contending. So it doesn't matter. But go for those cheaper home run possibilities. Throw feelers out for Jameis Winston. You know, a, a, a player that, if he does become the starter, you're going to instantly get a, a rise in value. Whether or not he does well, you don't even have to hang on to him for that long if you want to flip him for a profit. And then if he, if Taysom Hill is the starter, then maybe you know you, you lost some some assets. But again, you you took that gamble and you took that shot. And this goes again, I hate to bring it up again, but Deshaun Watson you're looking for that home run, you're looking for that that cheaper acquisition cost, this is the time to do it because it doesn't matter if you acquire that one quarterback, you're still not contending. So I say go for the home run shots. Um, a few other quarterbacks that might fall into that category. I mean, I I, I joke and we talk about them all the time, but Derek Carr, let's say things don't play out the way Derek Carr managers would hope in Las Vegas he might land in a starting job somewhere else, you know, and, and Dan, I think you've talked about that previously. Um, You know, Daniel Jones, he's a young quarterback, but there's still question marks there. Sam Darnold. I think maybe his prices is, is, you know, I, I think he's being priced correctly right now. Uh Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. If you believe either of those can be the quarterback of the future in Denver, take that shot because their cost to acquire today will allow you to, Reap the benefits and see a profit later on. Cam Newton, if you believe he's going to land a starting job, if you know, what if Mac Jones takes over sooner rather than later, but those quarterbacks go for the home run shot. I think I've said that 17 times now at that point,
0: uh, at this point when looking at these orphan teams, and that's to send a bunch of offers out, be aggressive. All those quarterbacks you name, JB someone one of their owners has got to be willing to to, to move that player and, and again a guy as simple as Derek Carr right now the Raiders are saying all good things which kind of encourages me to say hey they're going to invest in them now I'm not so happy with their O-line situation but again a younger quarterback that you can get a few years off of And I think my last thought on quarterbacks JB was if you are trying to compete too, handcuff some of these quarterbacks you know if you're thin and you don't have a lot of depth you have Kyler Murray Kyler Murray get Colt McCoy on your roster there. Cause you don't want to have to blow your whole fab budget. If, if you need a quarterback later on, you only have one or two on your roster. So there's some merit at the bottom of your roster, handcuffing some of these quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. And I know it can be very frustrating taking over an orphan, especially if you stepped into a league that might not be that active. And it is tough to try to turn it around quickly, but you have to be patient and you have to, to look at what is possible within that league if it's a very active league you might have more success and be able to turn it around and if you have people that are looking to be contenders and you have pieces to push push them over the top maybe you leverage that and you can get a little bit more than you might have otherwise but we could have a full show on taking over an orphan and how to turn it around but i think that's a, a nice quick rundown on stepping into an orphan with quarterback troubles and quarterback troubles on an existing team that you might have this last one should be very quick We had somebody DM us, they asked, it's their first year playing Dynasty. Not only their first year playing Dynasty, they are the commissioner. Quite a tall task, right? So they are the commissioner, they want to know how do they set up the rookie draft order. One, hopefully the startup draft didn't take place already. We would like to get this in place before the startup draft, because then, you know, people might want to lean the way that favors their team or situation before I give my spiel, Dan, do you have any thoughts here on rookie draft order? I know you stay away from the commission side.
0: Yeah, I was hoping Mitchell would be here. This is right in his commissioner wheelhouse, man. But my only thing is just keep it fair. You know, if you're still trying to recruit or attract teams, you don't want to get too fancy and overthinking to deter someone away. Whoever won the league last year should be picking last, and whoever did last should, pick, you know, the whole reverse order. You know, you kind of reap what you sow. So that's my thoughts, JB. I, I just keep it simple and don't don't turn anyone away.
1: There's two ways, and, and- I think this could be an exact quote from what I said like two years ago when Mitch and I did this episode as Superflexology. There's a good, better, best scenario, I think. And for me, the best case scenario is potential points. I I just think, one, it helps the commissioner out. It takes takes that optimal lineup. We talked about optimal lineups there with the best ball segment. It takes that what would your optimal score have been every week? And it's sorted. So the 12th place finisher through seventh, they're sorted by potential points. And then sixth through first could be based on potential points, but also your playoff finish. You know, there's several different ways to do it. And then I think a good uh, scenario is just by by, uh, your record. You know, if you are a one in... 12 team in the regular season and you finish 12th place, boom, you get the first draft pick. And then I, I think a lottery also a weighted lottery for the bottom six teams could, could be interesting. And I have a few leagues like that, but the, the biggest thing with rookie draft order, and please correct me if I'm wrong, if you think I'm wrong, if in the chat thinks I'm wrong, the biggest thing with the rookie draft, it helps build parity in the league. It helps find a little bit of balance. It it's tough to swallow whenever the the teams that finish first or second somehow you know they're, they're landing these these luxurious picks that happen to be their own or if you're the 7th place team and you win a consolation tournament oh well you get the 101 now and now the teams that finish in 12th or 11th are like okay well i'm probably going to finish in 12th or 11th and it really ruins the I think overall attitude of the league, and it, that can be a league killer. So, I think building parity, finding balance, that is the point of the rookie draft. So, do not, do not, do not, one more time, do not do a consolation bracket and the winner gets the 101. Don't do it. I think that is the worst Agreed. possible idea that you can have because it, it could potentially kill a league, in my humble opinion. Agreed. And I'm looking at some of the comments here. They're talking about all
0: different kinds of things in the chat. Yeah, I don't know. I see
1: Mitch is in there. Man, Mitch could have jumped on from his car. He could have done that. All right. Well, where's my little? Where's my little thing here? Final thoughts. So we talked about leveraging best ball ADP. We talked about quarterback troubles in existing leagues. And if you took over an orphan, how to determine rookie draft order. I think that was a great question, especially for a brand new commissioner, because it's such an important piece to your dynasty league in the setup. But Dan 123 episodes in one, two, three, what are your final thoughts for the listeners? And I kept it pretty close to 30 minutes.
0: Pretty close. We almost made it, JB. But uh, closing thoughts today. It's great to be back from vacation here. Uh, I'll be breaking out Coach's Corner again probably in about a week. Just got to get back into the the to the workflow a little bit. Appreciate you talking best ball today. You kind of spoiled me a little bit. You know, I can't wait for the DFS episode. But um, until then, uh, I sold the Jamar Chase rookie that I did in the unboxing for 250 Not bad. Uh, so that, that that, that is now gone as I'm spending on other items. I got just I got started there. I have given
1: you more than that.
0: So now you tell me. That. It's been on eBay for like a month, man. It's I been thought a month. you said
1: you posted it for 600
0: I started out high, and then I went a little bit lower. And then the the, the Chase market, that was like one of the higher Chase price cards on eBay. So You're it, like, did, it took it a while to one, go.
1: You were that manager in a league that sell and ask other league mates. That's what you just did there. I would have paid more than
0: that. <laughs> you should have. You should have followed up. No, I don't know. Anyway, Chase is gone. I picked up a two autograph and some others. But two weeks to Scott Fishbowl, a little less now, and then I think it's uh, eleven Sundays to. Oh, you're rocking it too. We're rocking it. We can't wait, man. Scott Fishbowl coming up. That's going to be a blast. And then less than eleven Sundays to the NFL season for all of our listeners. We're getting closer.
1: We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, yeah. So updated schedule. Uh, are there any updates actually next week we're rolling on Tuesday the following week that you and Mitch you're you're locked and loaded we'll see how I feel when I'm at the beach by 9 p.m. I might not be in shape to join the pod so I'll let you guys know but we want to thank everybody for tuning in for the special midday episode a lot of fun uh, and then we will be hitting the podcast feed early earlier than usual at least so hopefully everybody has a fantastic day we will catch you later peace